Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. the screen as well. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verses 9 through 12 says this. Two people are better off than what? Two people are better off than one for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real what? You're in trouble. Like if you if you fall and you're by yourself uh, here, the, the writer of Ecclesiastes is saying you're in some deep trouble when you're by yourself. Likewise, two people lying close together, they can keep each other warm. All my married pe- people say, yeah. <laughs> hey. It says, but how can one be warm alone? All my single people said, I know. <laughs> Mo, you said that I know way too loud. We're praying. Somebody's going to warm you up soon. We're praying for you. you're looking extra tropical today okay verse 12 a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated but two can stand back to back and conquer three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken it's not easily broken. I'm excited about the start of this series. I really believe it's going to help you. It's going to help me. It's going to help us as a church or as a community. Out of this base verses that we picked to start this series, I want to talk to you today out of the subject surrounded. Surrounded. I want you to write that down. I want to talk to you out of the topic surrounded. And I hope that as we share today, your eyes and your ears will be open so that you can hear from heaven. I really believe that we need more of heaven today in our lives and that God will bless our relationships. Amen. Come on, can we close our eyes, by our head. Let's ask God to bless this time. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness, for your grace. Thank you for your love. Thank you that you are an amazing God. Thank you that you are here. And I believe that today you want to heal, you want to save, you want to help people out. God, I pray that you would surround us with your goodness and your mercy, God, that they will follow us all the days of our lives. God, uh, we pray for that crazy thunder. We just, I don't know, it's scary, God. Just help us right now as we're in church. And I pray for the rest of this day, our 1 p.m. and our 7 p.m. down in our city campus in Wynwood. God, have your way in this community. In Jesus' name, all of God's people say. Oh, come on. All of God's people say. Come on, can you give Jesus one more praise? Come on, as loud as you can. We, we decided to talk about this subject because we believe that friendships, community, relationships are extremely important. Like we believe that they are important in your life, in my life. It is extremely important. It is important to know what you are surrounded with. It's important. By the way, for the next 25 minutes, we might have some background effects. <laughs> and uh, I just think it's going to be great. I hope the thunder happens when I say something pretty good. I'm just <laughs> praying for that. But it is weird. Um, but it is vital that, that, that you know what you're surrounded with, right? I believe that if you're surrounded by good tools, if you're surrounded by good equipment, if you're surrounded by things that are necessary in life, you're going to have more success in life. 
Like, like what is around you? Do you have the tools necessary around you for you to succeed? I want you to know that as a church, we want you to succeed. We want our marriages to succeed. We want our families to succeed. So this is why we come week in and week out. This is why we meet during the week in connect groups because we want to help each other with tools necessary to win in life, right? That's why we talk about different books of the Bible, and that's why we try and seek God as much as we can to say, God, we need you. We need the right things around. Have you ever not had the right things around you? Have you ever been missing some tools or equipment in your life? Recently, me and Diana, we, we went on vacation, and uh, we were in Europe. And as many of you might know, in Europe, the, the electrical outlets are not like the American ones. American, our country is the only one in the world with one type of socket. The rest of the world functions on a different one. So we took our phones, but we for forgot to take our adapters for the chargers. For the whole time on vacation, for the first, like, five, six days, we had no way to charge our phones. It was horrible. We would go into different, like, attacks. Italian stores and the adapt they had sell chargers but they don't sell adapters so I would go in there and I'm like hi yes I'm I'm looking for an adapter and they're like excuse me like they, they had no idea it's Italian so I try to bring my Italian out I'm like I'm Sagatti Sagatti and they're just like I have no idea what I'm talking about but we didn't have the right tools. We didn't have the right equipment. It was pretty frustrating because we were always with our phones off, and we were trying to take pictures and whatnot, and it was a little bit frustrating. The same time on vacation, we rented a car, and uh, we rented this car. We had to go turn it in after a couple days. We're on the way to turn it in to a rental company uh, down south, and we stopped really quick in Pompeii. I don't know if you've been in Pompeii, but we had never been, and so we wanted to see it as we were turning in the car, finishing our trip, and uh, we said, hey, let's get off on an exit, see Pompeii before we go turn the car. And we get off on this one exit, and uh, it is not the Pompeii we've seen in pictures. It was a weird neighborhood, had no idea. I'm going to be honest with you, it looked sketchy. Like, it looked really, really sketchy, and we're trying to look for pictures. We're trying for directions and and I'm just driving like what in the world like, let's get out of here as soon as possible this is not Pompeii like this is somewhere else where are we this does not look like Pompeii and, and we're driving and I'm trying to get out of the neighborhood pretty fast and all of a sudden I hit a pothole and my tire goes completely flat in this sketchy neighborhood in Pompeii right I'm just like, oh, my God, like, now we're in trouble. We have no signal. We have nothing. I got a flat. I get out of the car, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is crazy. We have a rental car. I have no idea if it has a tire, if it has the tools that I need to succeed, right? And there we are. We're trying to call the rental car company. I can't find the tire. I can't find the tools. And this Italian man passes by and says, excuse me, do you need some help? Right? I don't know. Is that Italian or French? I don't know what I'm doing. But... <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 I'm okay. Everything's going to be okay. But thank God that I had the tools necessary and I fixed the flat in under five minutes. I'm just a good man like that and a good husband. And... <laughs> but I had the tools necessary. I wonder, do you have the tools necessary around you to win? Do you have things around you that set you up to succeed in life? More importantly, I will ask you, do you have the right people around you to help you succeed in your marriage, in your journey with Jesus, in your walk with God? Do you have people around you that will help you in life, right? Because we want to see you win. I want to win in life. I want to win in my marriage. I want to win in what God has for me. But I need to make sure I have the tools and equipment to win. The big problem is a lot of us, we don't have what's necessary to win. A lot of us are not surrounded by the right people. In fact, I will say sometimes a lot of us, we don't even have people around us. We prefer to be by ourselves, right? And I will tell you today, the main point that I'm trying to tell you today is how you surround yourself will determine your outcome. How you surround yourself will determine your outcome. What, what are you surrounding yourself by? 
right? Who are the people that you are surrounding yourself by? Who are the people around you? Who are the people that are invested into your life? into your relationship, into your marriage, into your finances, people that care for you, people that look out for you. Who are the people around you? Surroundings are extremely important. Can I get an amen? amen. Right? People, you need to get the right people around you. Right? I will put it this way. Your surroundings equal your success. Your surroundings equal your success. If you want a better outcome, then you need a better surrounding. If you want a better outcome, you need a better surrounding. I think sometimes we think of our friends. I wonder who the friends are that we have in our life. Are they friends that care for us? Are they friends that are really there for us? Because who you surround yourself with is extremely important. There's an old phrase that says, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Your surroundings equal your success. Your friends can equal your future. Who are you surrounded with? Who's around you in your daily life? I really believe that if you have good friends, it can equal into a great future. But just in the same way, if you have some bad friends, it can turn into the wrong future. Do you have friends around you that care for you, that love you, that are there for you? Do you have friends that will pray for you? Or do you have friends that don't have your best interests in mind? Right? Who's around you? Ultimately, the truth is that you will ultimately look like those you run with. Who are your surroundings? Who are the people around you? Look what the Bible says. If you look at the, the book of Proverbs, if we could put it up, Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20, it says, walk with the wise and what? And become wise. If you walk with the wise, you'll become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. Who are you walking with? Right? If you want to walk with somebody that's smart, you're ultimately going to get smarter, right? If you just got married and you want to say, I want to succeed in life, I want to succeed in my marriage, then you need to be surrounded by people that are married, that got 10 years in, 20 years in, 30, 40 years in, because they can help you out in your journey. Who are you walking with? Who are you surrounding yourself with, right? I remember when I was younger, when I was in my teenage years, anytime I'd be in trouble, it was probably because I was surrounded by trouble. I had some friends that didn't have my best interest in their mind, their mind, and so I needed to surround myself by some wise people, by some people that cared for me, by some people that loved on me, by some people that had my best interest in their mind, right? And we've been doing this 21 days of prayer and fasting, and we put 21 verses on the back of every journal, and the first verse that we had as we started this journey was 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33, and this is where Paul warns the Corinthians about friends, and he says this, he says, bad company corrupts what? Bad company corrupts good character. Like, who's around you that you have around you that can help you out? Like, if you got some friends that, that, that are bad company, all of a sudden some good habits in you are going to start to go down south. All of a sudden, you're going to start doing what they, everybody else is doing. All of a sudden, you get around some coworkers, and, and you might start hanging around with them a little bit more often, and they may not be believers. They're not on the same Jesus journey as you are, and some of their habits look a little bit different because they're not there yet. All of a sudden, you may just start doing their habits because they are surrounding you, right? And so we need some good friends. And so it leads to this question. It leads to this question. Well, Alex, then, what is a good friend, right? Like, there's a lot of us, we have company. A lot of us, we have friends. Well, I, I get it. I got some people around me that they, they actually don't care about me that much. So, so what is a good friend? Well, the Bible does tell us what a good friend is. Look at Proverbs chapter 17, verse 17. Look what the proverb says. It says, a friend loves sometimes, half the time. 
It says a friend loves at all times. I think some of us, sometimes we got some people in our lives that only like us on our good days. But we need friends that love us at all times. And then it says, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. You want a good friend? Look for people that love you on your good days and your bad days. Look for people that love you with a good attitude and with a bad attitude. Look for people that love you when you got money and when you have no money. A friend loves you at all times. And a brother is there through adversity. We need some good friends in our lives. We need to surround ourselves with people that really care about us. As a church, this is our prayer that over the next few weeks, we will find some healthy relationships, some healthy friends that love us, that will pray for us, that will pick us up. It's important for our journey with Jesus to be surrounded. Somebody say surrounded. We need to be surrounded by good, good friends. And this is the truth. The truth is that friends are on decline. Friendships are on decline. There was a recent study by sociological studies that happened by different researchers, and they found out that uh, Americans actually today have less friends than they did 25 years ago, right? They say that nationally the average is that all of us have only two close friends, two close friends. If we were to ask, who are your closest friends? And I'm, just, I'm not just talking about a high-buy type of friend. I'm talking about close friendships, people that know you, people that know the real you, not the social media you, but the real you. Right? People that know your flaws, people that know your shortcomings, people that know who you are, people that extremely know every detail of your life. A lot of us only have two. And, and maybe you're, you're like, yeah, I have two. That's pretty good. But 25 years ago, it says that Americans had up to six close friends. And we were in really close community. Now, there's different reasons why that has gone down. Many people believe it's because we've been overworked, right? Americans overworked. You work 40, 50, 60, some of us 70 hours in a week, and we're barely home, barely go out with friends, hardly have time for community. This is why I believe we have to fight for community and relationships. They say another one is the, 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 just the, what happens with broken families and broken marriages. Friendships go one side and another side, and that's one cause of it. But they say one of the biggest causes of decline in friendships is, is social media. Anybody love social media? Anybody love taking selfies? <laughs> right? They say social media is one of the biggest causes of decline in friendships. Maybe you're like, Alex, that is not true. I actually have 383 friends. That's a whole lot of friends. I have way more than two. Right? And don't get me wrong, I think social media is amazing, and I think we should use that too, and I think it's, it's incredible. But I think social media should be a supplement, not a replacement for community. We were made. God made us for community. God made us to have intimate relationships and to have closeness and to have warmth. But a lot of us, we've replaced that with an online virtual world. And so we hide behind a phone screen and we just put up our best pictures. In fact, we'll take a selfie 25 times if we have to because in one, I didn't like my eyebrow. I didn't like my teeth look crooked on that one. They're crooked anyways, but I, I, I need to fix that. I didn't like the way my makeup looked there. And we'll take a million pictures to just put up that one selfie so that people can like who I pretend to be. Right? And so, so our friendships are suffering because people are only friends with who we are putting up out there. Like, I, this is just who I pretend to be. Like, because if they knew the real me, I don't know if they would like me. 
if they knew the real me, if they knew my mistakes, if they knew my flaws, if they knew everything about me, I, I don't know if they would want to be friends with me, so I'll just hide behind a phone screen, and most of my conversations will be with thumbs, not face-to-face, -face, so that way I can hide even more. And so what happened is, as a society, we go out to eat, but you see families eating, none of them talking, all of them on their phone, everybody's on social media. We got, we're more connected than ever before, yet more alone than ever before. Right, like the whole world is connected through the world wide web, yet we are more alone and depressed and discouraged than ever before. Right, because we're missing that sense of community that God has built us for. We were built to have somebody next to us to say, how are you doing? How's your life? How's your soul? How's your marriage? Is everything okay? How are you doing today? We just don't need somebody to like or somebody to follow. We need somebody in our face that can ask us how we're doing. And so what happens is that we choose rather to be alone than to be in community. Like, I'd just rather be alone. Like, a connect group, that's cool, but I, I might end up in a weird connect group. I, I may not be just having the best day one day. I may go into one place, and people, people, what about people don't like me? And so we choose to be alone. So what happens is that we have the majority of the public living lonely lives. And we have a majority of people with no close friendships, nobody in their face to ask, how are they doing? I want you to know that our heart is more than a service on Sunday. We want somebody in your life, doing life with you, living with you day by day to see how you're doing, texting you, calling you, saying, let's have some coffee. Let's go out to eat dinner. I'm glad we get in here to praise God on a Sunday, but the church is not just a Sunday thing. It's Monday through Saturday, living life in relationship. We all need relationships. In fact, the writer of Ecclesiastes, what we just read, was, was our base um, passages and verse for this series. Ecclesiastes, the, the writer is Solomon. Solomon was one of the wisest men to ever live. In fact, beside Jesus, many believe he is the wisest to ever live. He asked God for wisdom, and he got godly wisdom. And when he goes to write the book of Ecclesiastes, in chapter 4, he begins by saying, two is better than one, he says. Two is better than one. What we have today as a society is that we have a bunch of people that think that they can make it on their own. They think they can make on their journey with Jesus on their own, their marriage on their own, face their troubles on their own, go forward in life on their own. But the, but the wisest men that ever lived is saying, well, wait a minute, two is better than one. Yeah, Alex, but you don't know me. I'm self-made. I'm a self-made man. What's up? Right? Everybody is self-made, but you're going to be in some trouble if you by yourself. That's what the Solomon writer says. What's up? <laughs> It says two is better than one. It reminds me actually of the book of Genesis when God was creating humanity, when he was creating the earth. It says that he populated, right, he made palm trees, the palm trees Mo has on his shirt. He made all these things. The earth looked beautiful. The earth looked amazing, right? And he made all the animals. He made dogs. He didn't make cats. That was a double. He made all these things, right? And, and, and all of a sudden it says that he made man, right? He made man, and man was amazing. He formed man out of the dust, out of the dirt. He created man as a good-looking man. His, I think his name was Alex Adam. Adam. And, and he created man, and he breathed life into him, and everything was good until he stepped up back, and all of a sudden he said, wait, something here is not good. Something here is not good. What's not good? He said, it is not good for man to be alone. It's not good for man to be alone. All of a sudden he brought, he says, a suitable helper for him. And he makes Eve that came out of man, and all of a sudden, he can have community, he can have relationship with somebody that looks like him and feels like him and processes like him. I want to tell you today, church, as a church, at the outset of this series, if we begin the next few weeks, it is not good for you to be alone. 
It is important to be in community. It is important to be in friendship. It is important to be in relationships. I don't want you to go through life alone. I want you to find a friend. I want you to find a brother. I want you to find a sister. We're here to help you. We need to fight for community because it is not good for us to be alone. Let's not hide behind a phone. Let's not hide behind our houses. Let's not hide behind walls. Let's get in community. Let's be open. Let's be vulnerable because this only brings a blessing on our life, on our marriage, on our families. But it's not good for us to be alone. And all throughout the, the Bible, all throughout, we see community and relationships being encouraged. Like, you need to be in community. This is why one of the biggest things that the enemy fights is for us to get in community. Because what's the biggest threat to him is what he's most going to challenge. Right? So all of a sudden we'll get in church and somebody will invite us to their connect group or we're sitting next to somebody. Turn to your neighbor and say hi. Like, hi, how you doing? All of a sudden you think they look at you some kind of way. You're like, I'm not, I'm not coming here again. <laughs> not going to nobody's connect group, right? Because the enemy will just start planting seeds in our head. Like, they're talking about you. They don't like you. Because he doesn't want you to get in a relationship. He doesn't want you to have somebody on your journey that will help you. He wants you to go through life alone. So what happens is that on a daily basis, we're discouraged. We can get depressed. The levels of stress in society today are at an all-time high, and, and we face them alone because I got nobody to talk to. And so we live alone. So we follow Jesus alone when, when that was not his goal. In fact, that's why he created the church, so that we'd be together. The writer of Hebrews he reminds us of this as he's writing the book of Hebrews. He reminds us, hey, I, I want you guys to stay together. This is why I think it's extremely important that we, we come every single Sunday. And if you can't make it on Sunday, at least you're in a connect group. It is important. Look what the Hebrew writer says in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 through 25. He says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And then he says, and let us not neglect our meeting together. By the word, that word meeting together in the Greek, it means to meet physically with a spiritual outcome. We have to meet together for a spiritual outcome. It says don't, don't neglect that. It says that some people do, but actually encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. We just talked about Revelation. We know that Jesus is coming soon. He said, hey, you know we're living in the last days. You know what I need you to do? I need you to encourage one another. I need you to meet together, and I need you to help one another out. I know some of you, you say you got friends, and I know you get a lot of likes, and I know you get a lot of followers, but I'm talking about real friends, people that care for you, people that will pray for you, people that will lay a hand on you and declare a blessing over your life, over your marriage, over your children, over your finances. Come on, we need some people in our life that really are there for us. And the Ecclesiastes writer Solomon, he's saying two is better than one. You need to make sure you're in community. You need to make sure you got some people in your life that care for you because hard times are going to come. Tough times will come. Do you have somebody with you that's stand, standing with you? Are you surrounded by good people? And maybe some of us in here were like, Alex, I've had some friends, and I've been in churches, and, and some people backstabbed me, and some people did me wrong. I get you. I've been there. I know what that's like. But imagine we would use that same excuse across somewhere else. Just because you have one car that goes bad doesn't mean you stop driving for the rest of your life. You trust a new car. Just because you had some relationships that went bad, and I know people cheated on you, and I know people left you, and I know people walked out, but trust that God's going to bring some godly people and some great people to help you out on your journey with Jesus. And the Ecclesiastes writers gives three different examples, and I'll just, we'll finish up with these three things, quick, three quick things that I think 
he tells us why we need it. Number one, we need to be surrounded and we need to have some good friends. Number one, because in times of trouble, you're going to need some help. Somebody say help. In times of trouble, you will need some help. He says if one of you falls in a pit, oh, then the other will help him out. Oh, that's why two is better than one. He says, but if you fall by yourself in a pit and you have nobody with you, who's going to pull you out? I'm self-made. I'll pull myself out. Well, you can't pull yourself. You can't pull yourself out of every pit. You can try to be as strong as possible. You can try to be, I mean, you could be a genius, but, but we need relationships. It's, it's how we were made. The next few weeks are going to be exciting, and I, I think they're going to be awesome. Reason why we go through loneliness. We're going to talk about the three types of friends you need, why community is important, but I want you to know that times of trouble will come, and you need some help. I'm not just talking about any help. I'm talking about friends that, that will drop whatever they're doing just to come to be by your side. If you're in a pit, if I could be honest and vulnerable with you, I want to tell you that, that being a pastor is not easy. And, and there's times of high-level stress. I would say that's probably 99.9% .9 of the time. And, and it takes a lot of work to do what we do, right? And I'm sure most of us deal with stress. But earlier this year, I was talking to a friend of mine and just sharing some of my heart about leading a local church and here in Miami, everything that we're doing. Don't get me wrong, it's been amazing, it's been great, but there's some hard days. And, and he's like, hey, you don't mind, I'm gonna tell a pastor, a friend of ours, another friend, I'm like, no, no, it's cool. And when he told this other pastor, this pastor is really busy all around the world. And when he found out, you know, well, me and Diana were just processing, he jumped on a plane all the way from the other side of the world and he came to Miami just to spend some time with us. Like, that's a friend. Like, I think a lot of us, what we have is people who walk by and just like, hey, how you doing? You doing good? Awesome, man, great. You doing great on the fast? You look amazing. Awesome, right? And they just keep going. But what we need is somebody close to us in times of help. Like, if you're, if you're in a pit and you need to get out, you don't walk by somebody that's in a pit and say, how you doing down there? You great? Praying for you. Amazing. <laughs> Praying for you. God's for you. You're going to get out. <laughs> like, we need somebody to get down in the pit with us. And just say, man, what, what do you need? Is everything okay? Like, I'm here with you. Like, a, a lot of us, what we're afraid is we're afraid of closeness, right? So we keep people off at a distance and just text me. Like, can you know, nowadays, I'm be the first one. We don't answer phone calls, just text me. <laughs> we don't want to have conversations because we can't control the conversations. I can't control the text, but I can't control a conversation, right? Because what about if somebody asks some weird question? Or what about somebody, I don't know how to get them off the phone, right? But through text, I'll just, hey, I didn't see it. <laughs> But, but, but what we need is more closeness. What we need is, is somebody physically to help us. Say, I'm here for you. Like, you, you doing all right? How's everything, Adam? Chilling. <laughs> you look great. You look great. <laughs> praying for your marriage. You're doing all right. I'm praying for your work. And I'm here for you. And I just want to know that you're doing all right. If you're not, I want you to know we're here. Like, like if you're in the pit, we need to get down to whoever's in the pit. In times of trouble, we're going to need some help. That's what Solomon's saying. That means times of trouble will come. Do you have somebody to help you? We need somebody to reach out a hand and say, hey, not, not just I'm praying for you, but here, I'm, I'm here to pick you up. And we're going to walk this thing together. And we're going to walk this journey together. You need somebody in your life. Thank you, bro. Number two, write this down. When pain arrives, you need comfort. Somebody say comfort. When pain arrives, you need comfort. He says, how can, how can you be warm if you're by yourself? Right? And, and, and we made a joke, marriage and all that. But I, but I also believe that life can get cold. 
and this world can be cold? Who's going to be there to comfort you when pain arrives? When life gets difficult and you have those nights that you can't sleep and you have those nights where you're up all night thinking, God, what am I going to do? I have this pain. I have this situation. I have this tragedy that just happened. What are, what are we going to do? That's why I love our connect groups because week in and week out when our cycles are going, you, you hear praise reports all over the place. Like, hey, I just went through this thing and I don't even know where my connect group showed up. But all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they all popped into the hospital room. They were there with my family. They were there with my dad. They were there with my mom. They just started praying for me because a true friend sticks closer than a brother. Got to be there to comfort one another. Who's there? Are you, are you hurting today? Are you confused by life? Are you not sure what the next step is in your journey? Are you not sure what life has handed you? And you're saying, Alex, I'm struggling in my thoughts, in my soul, in my heart. My marriage is going through a difficult time. Pain has arrived. I'm going through a tragedy. Maybe you lost a family member. Maybe you lost a job. Maybe your finances are down. Can I tell you what you need is a true friend to be there to comfort you, to be there to help you out. And sometimes words aren't even necessary. You just need somebody to show up. And comfort you. Do you have that? You can't do it alone. He says two are better than one. Because through a cold night, they're going to keep you warm. I thank God that I have some brothers that when I've had some cold nights, they've been there to help me out. When I've been confused, when I didn't know what to do in life, they came and they sat next to me and they said, hey, it's going to be okay. God loves you. We're here for you. And they've comforted me on nights when nothing else can comfort and number three, last but not least, we need to be surrounded and we need some friends because as the enemy strikes, you need protection. Somebody say protection. protection. The enemy is going to strike. The, the, Solomon, the writer, he says, two are better than one. He talks about the pit. He talks about times of being cold. And then he says, hey, two can defend themselves better than one. I want to tell you that the enemy's out to destroy you and me. Like the enemy's not happy that we're in here today. The enemy's not happy that your marriage is doing better than it was six months ago. The enemy's not happy that you're getting your finances in order and getting out of debt. Like the enemy's not happy that you're walking on your journey with Jesus better than ever. So he's going to attack and he's going to come. And obviously we have supernatural protection from God, but we also need people to watch our back. We need people to help us out that we don't make some dumb decisions in our life. Can I get an amen? amen. Here's what the Bible says in the book of 1 Peter chapter 5. Verse 8, Peter reminds us, he says, I want you to be alert and of sober mind because your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a what? Like a roaring lion. And he's looking for someone to devour. The enemy, he wants to devour your life. He wants to devour the promises that God has for you. And so we need to fight for community. You need some brothers and some sisters that are going to stand next to you. They're going to call you when you've been missing a week or two at church. And they're going to say, hey, where you at? I didn't see you on Dream Team. I didn't see you at Team Night on Wednesday night. Where are you? Is everything okay? Hey, I've seen you talking to that person. I don't know if you should be talking to that person. Come on, you're a married man. You shouldn't be doing that. Come on, you're a married woman. You shouldn't be going down that route. We need some people that are going to speak to us with truth, that are going to protect our heart, that are going to protect our future, that are invested in our life. Come on, we need to be surrounded. People that show up, people that help, people that comfort, people that protect. Ultimately, we need friends that look like Jesus. Jesus was the one that came, and he helped us, and he comforted us, and, and he protects us. Do you have friends like that? Our prayers as a church through this series, the next four weeks, is that you and I would find some real, solid, beautiful friendships. That we will be surrounded by godly people. 
that when you want to make a bad decision, when the enemy's tempting, when it looks like destruction is going to let loose in your life, you got people standing by your side and say, I, I love you too much to let you go down that road. I'm going to surround you. When it looks like you're about to fall, they're there to pick you up. When you're about to make some decisions that you're going to regret the next morning, he says, no, you're not going to do that. You need some friends that will grab you by your shirt and drag you out if they have to. You need to be surrounded. Come on, can we stand up on our feet all across this place? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your goodness, for your grace. God, you have been good to us. You have been so, so good to us. Can you just think about his goodness? Can you just think about his grace for a moment? Oh, you've been so, so good to me. Oh, to think where I would be if not for you. His grace is amazing. His love is incredible. I don't know where I would be if it wasn't for God. And I don't know where I would be if it wasn't for God's people. If it wasn't for the church, if it wasn't for people that loved me and cared for me and stood by my side. If it wasn't for people who believed in me and spoke over my life when I wanted to give up, when I, when I thought I couldn't go forward. I was surrounded. I was surrounded. When I, when I was about to fall, I was surrounded. When I wanted to make a bad decision, I was, I was surrounded. The people who picked me up and people who prayed for me and people who care for me, you need to be surrounded. Can I tell you, God doesn't want you to live alone. God doesn't want you to live by yourself. You were not made to live by yourself. You were made to live surrounded by his goodness, by his grace, and by his people. And today, I really believe that God, he wants to heal your heart if it's if it's a heart that's been torn by people in community, if it's a heart that's been backstabbed or talked about or cheated on, he wants to heal your heart. He wants to surround you first with his grace. We need to learn to love one another and pray for one another. This world is too divided for the church to be divided. This world is too broken for the church to be talking about one another. We need to be united together in one heart, one mind, one spirit, under one God. We need to learn to love one another and speak well over. Come on, can you grab your neighbor's hand, the neighbor to the right and the neighbor to the left? Come on, I want the whole church holding hands. In the auditorium, additional seating, wherever you're at, hold hands with somebody. Come on. Can you reach across the aisles? Even reach across the aisles. All across the church. Come on, reach across the aisles. Every aisle connected. Come on, every person connected. Reach across to the left and to the right. Come on, can you begin to pray for that neighbor to the left right now? Come on, can you out loud, can you just begin to bless them? Say, Father, I pray that you would bless them today, God. I pray that you would bless their family. I pray that you would bless their home. I pray that you would bless, God, their circumstance right now, whatever they're in, God, that you would help them. God, in Jesus' mighty name, come on, even if you don't know your neighbor, come on, begin to pray good things for your neighbor. Say, God, I pray that you would bless my brother, you would bless my sister, God. God, that you would bless their home, their finances, their kids. God, that you would help them in the job situation, God. That you would protect them, God. That you would help his mind, his eyes. God, in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, squeeze that hand to the left and pray blessings over their life. Pray blessings over their friendship. Pray blessings over their family, over their marriage, God. 
God protect them in Jesus mighty name come on somebody begin to lift up your voice come on let's fill this room with our voices say in Jesus mighty name God I pray that you would bless them that you would bless them and they're coming in and they're coming out in the city and in the country in their job and at home God that you would bless them come on squeeze that hand to the right now come on that right hand neighbor and begin to pray for them right now say God I pray that you would bless them as well God that you would help them God that you would open up their eyes come on pray good things over their life God that you would protect them that the calling and the blessing and the gift that is inside of them that grace that you gave them that it will flourish that it will move forward God God help them right now if they're struggling if they're discouraged that you would encourage them in Jesus mighty name come on pray for your neighbor we need to pray for one another God surround us today with your church surround us today with community surround us today God if anybody's alone that you bring them out of that lonely place and if it's the church that has done wrong God that we may repent for our wrongdoing if we ever did anything wrong help us to be a loving church a welcoming church loving church always there for one another that we would stand in the gap for another person that we would run to their home and be in their family through the tough times if their fridge is empty that we would fill their fridge if their kids are in trouble that we would go because their kids are our kids and God that we would think like one with every eye closed with every head bowed all across this place as the whole church is praying I'm going to ask you today maybe you're in here and you're like Alex I, I need some godly relationships I need some better relationships in my life that's cool, but I really believe that the first relationship you need to get in order is your relationship with God. Relationships are important. Friends are important. We're going to talk about that over the next few weeks. But, but the most important relationship is your relationship with your Heavenly Father. I really believe that God is here in this moment. Every eye closed, every head bowed. Maybe you're in here today and you're saying, Alex, I don't have a relationship with God. Maybe you're in here and you're saying, Alex, I feel far from God. I feel distant from God. Somebody invited you, maybe this is your first time, second time, or maybe you've been coming for a while and you say, there's no way God can love me because I'm messed up. I've messed up too many times, said sorry too many times. I've done things that nobody knows about. There's no way that this God can love me. I want to tell you, he loves you more than you can imagine. And that is a lie from the father of lies, that he does not love you. If you're in here, you're thinking, well, I got too much, too much guilt. I got too much shame. That, that's a lie from the enemy. The truth is that he loves you that he's for you God loves you today he wants to give you an opportunity to start a relationship with him he loves he's waiting for you with arms open wide the truth is that sin it separates us from God God can't be with sin he loves us but he can't be with sin so what did he do he said this son Jesus Jesus came and he grabbed all of my sin your sin put it on his shoulders and the Bible says that Jesus went up on the cross and he died for humanity he died for all of our wrongdoing I'm a sinner, you're a sinner. And Jesus, he died for us. He went down to a grave. He was in a grave for three days. But the Bible says that after three days, Jesus resurrected. We believe he's alive today. We believe that he's here. We believe that he wants to forgive you, heal you, give you a brand new beginning and a brand new start. With every eye closed, with every head bowed, all across this place, if you're in additional seating, listening, wherever you're at, close your eyes and bow your head. In a moment of privacy and concentration, if you're here today and you say, Alex, I want a relationship with God. Alex, I know what I've done. I've messed up and the enemy has been lying to me with guilt and shame. But, but today, guilt and shame have no place in your life. I want to tell you that he loves you. 
I'm going to count to three in just a moment. If you're in here, you say, Alex, I need a relationship with God. Alex, I need forgiveness for my sin. I need a brand new beginning. If that's you at the count of three, I want you to raise your hand where you're at. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to point you out. Every eye closed, every head bowed. At the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. Hold it up for just a few seconds. I'll see you. Then you can put it right back down. All over this place as the entire church is praying. One, two, three. If that's you, can you raise your hand? All across the auditorium, can you raise it up as high as you can? Raise it up as high as you can. I see you, 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 I see you. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Anybody else who raise your hand? Father, we thank you. Thank you so much for all these decisions of people starting a relationship with you, God. Pray that you seal this moment with your Holy Spirit. I'm gonna say a simple prayer. Every eye closed, every head bow. I want you to repeat this prayer with me from the bottom of your heart. The entire church, we're going to say it together as one, as a family. Repeat these words after me. Say, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God, that you died for my sins, and on the third day, you resurrected. Come into my life. Tell him, be my Lord and be my savior in jesus name amen amen and amen come on church can we put our hands together come on all across this place